Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. The Angels ready to celebrate. Enjoy these fans. comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! Five to one the final tonight! You're listening to the Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox by Red Sox fans. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. This is episode 12. Yes, this week it's actually episode 12. Last week I said 10 because I'm an idiot. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that we got off on the right foot this week. Uh, I have Brad Chandler with me today. I have a Brandon and Ryan. How are we doing today, guys? Good. We did it. We knocked out that it's episode 12. We can call it a night. It's a win for the boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm signing off right now. Everything's good. All right, everybody. Well, seems like we're going to have the shortest podcast episode ever recorded. It's less than two minutes. We're going to call it a night. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have nothing to talk about. Oh, exciting weekend. A very exciting weekend. Uh, Padres Dodgers going on. We've had uh, the Sox. They, they pulled out the tie in the series. It's a good weekend. They they split, which they shouldn't have split. Yeah, uh, they yeah. should have at least grabbed three out of that. Um, listen, listen, I I'm gonna take the blame for that because going back and thinking about it after I left Fenway Park last night, the Red Sox don't fare too well when I'm in attendance. So I you can blame me. It's all right. You know, Dude. I gotta I gotta ask. So going to Fenway, you said that they don't fare too well. What about you, Brandon? No. Um, in my lifetime, I think the Sox are like two and ten whenever I'm in attendance. So I've, really? I've got a terrible track record. But I, I will say this: I was at the game when uh, Ortiz hit the uh, that grand slam in the playoffs against Detroit. There, when the guy went over the wall, yeah, that one. Um, and I was at uh, Game One of the World Series against the Dodgers. I, those are the only two that the Red Sox won that I can think of. 
Really? That's so weird. I think I've only seen them lose twice. Wow. I was, I, I, I took I, my son to opening day 2018 in Tampa. They lost. <laughs> and then, then they went on to win 17 out of the next 18 games or whatever it was. The one game that we went to, they lost. The first year that I started going to uh, Red Sox games was actually in 2013. And I think I was seven and one. Wow. Yeah. I'm not that lucky when I go. Not me either. Yeah. I, I think I need to start going a little bit more now. And let's guys... start a GoFundMe to get you to more games. <laughs> <laughs> there was one game I, I walked in. It was, I, I was a little late. I walked in. It was in 2013. And uh, as I walked in, Ortiz hit like a three run bomb. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see it, but yeah, you know, I'm like walking up the uh, ramps and I'm like, what's going on? I just see this ball flying over the monster and I'm like, yep, that's a good way to start it to start the game. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get into talking a little bit about about this week. Uh, like you said, Brandon, we got to see the Padres and the Dodgers. I don't care what anybody says, man. The Padres and Dodgers rivalry now, like that's taking over. There's Best no doubt in baseball about it. this year. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, it, and I've said this before. People could say that the Yankees Red Sox rivalry is better, but the only way that the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry has like ever becomes a thing is when both teams are doing good. Yep. I and, agree and, with that. And right now the Yankees are, you know, we're going to sit here and play a little violin, but they're in the basement. And I, you know, I don't care about a rivalry then. I don't, you know, you're down, down in the basement. You're in last place. You actually tied for last in the AL East with the Baltimore Orioles, which is, uh, give a little golf clap there going, but, um, the Padres, the Dodgers, uh, the, what was it? I believe it was Friday night. They had Hugh Darvish pitching for the Padres and Clayton Kershaw pitching for the Dodgers. Tatis took uh, Clayton deep twice. He is fun to watch swing the bat. And it, the the cool thing about it was it was on the anniversary that his father hit two grand slams in the same in the same inning. And then what was it? Twenty three years later, I, yeah, I don't, something like that. I'm not yeah. sure. It was on the exact anniversary, which and and his father hit the two grand slams at Dodger Stadium too. So that's pretty cool. Um, what are your guys' opinion on Fernando Tatis uh, Jr.? He's electric. He's so fun to watch uh, in the field and at the plate. The dude's got swag for days, and and he's not afraid to go out there and and ruffle some feathers. You know, you think back to last year whenever they were playing the Rangers, and he swung at that three zero count. A lot of people got pretty ticked off at it, but you know what? That's that's what we need in baseball. We need that kind of a spark plug around the league. And then, you know, uh, you didn't even mention it yet, but last night whenever they were playing against Bauer and he he hit the first home run and he covered up his eye. And that then uh, after the second home run, he did the Connor strut across home plate. That's what we need to see in baseball. Love it. In, in all honesty, uh, Bauer was asked about it. Um, after the game, he was like, yeah, you know what? Hitting home runs hard, you know, go ahead and do it. You know, you celebrate. And he basically said that if a pitcher comes in and hits somebody after doing something like there, something like that, they're soft. And yeah. I have to agree with him. Yeah. I agree and, with Bauer on that one too. 
the the cool thing about Bauer with that situation is the fact that it not only does he give it, he can take it. Yep. Yeah, he's he's known for for being that kind of eccentric type pitcher. He's going to do the whole sword thing. He's going to do his little Connor strut whenever he strikes out guys. So, yeah, it turnabout's fair play. If you can't dish it out, then then you know, you better be able to take it, you know. Yeah, as far as Tatis goes, like if there's a difference in my opinion between being cocky and arrogant and not being able to back it up, mm. then cocky and arrogant and backing it up and he can definitely back it up, so I'm okay with it. So I got a question for both of you. I, uh, this seems to be like an every year thing um, when it comes down to who's the face of baseball. And you get people that constantly say that Mike Trout's the face. Lately, it's been Mookie Betts the face. You get other people that say that Fernando Tatis Jr. is the face. Let's get your opinion. Ryan, who do you think is the face of baseball? You know what? I, I don't know who it is. I, I just I, – I, I, I was – been thinking about this all weekend and i i don't know i just i don't think it's mike trout i i I agree with you there uh brandon who do you think is the face see i don't i don't know if we even have to have one definitive face of baseball i think we could have like a mount rushmore of baseball and that would be fitting because i can't pick tatis even though he's electric he hasn't even played a full season yet uh I, I can't pick Juan Soto because I've seen flashes and, and glimpses of brilliance from him, but he's not really thrust out there in the national spotlight as much as some of these other guys. Mookie out there in Hollywood, he's going to get a lot more exposure. I've seen him in, in all kinds of new commercials and GQ photo shoots and stuff like that, stuff that he never was exposed to when he was in Boston. Yeah. Uh, but then Trout is the best player in the game. And I think all of them deservedly – should have their rightful spot on that Mount Rushmore. You know, I, I, I never actually thought of it in that way. Um, you know, possibly doing a Mount Rushmore of who is the best in baseball, not who the best is, but uh, who's the face of baseball right now. Uh, I don't think that it's Mike Trout um, just simply because, you know, everybody says that he, he's the best. And I agree with that. I agree 100% that Mike Trout's the best, but I mean, you got, you get the attention on so many other players and it's unfortunate because of the fact that, you know, Trout plays for the angels. So, you know, that kind of takes away my opinion of him being the face of baseball. But if we're going to say something about like the Mount Rushmore of who could be the face of baseball, I'd put him up there. You know, I'd put him up there with the top, with the top five, you know, um, but another thing that was interesting, and I just found this out along with the, I, I'm not sure if you guys, uh, knew about this before tonight, but there's news said that there were talks about, uh, the angels and the Yankees discussing a possible trade of Aaron judge. Um, I, I, I don't know, man, like this, this seems weird to be coming out in, in April. Yeah, I saw that today as I was scrolling through Twitter, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And as as briefly as I saw it, that's basically as briefly as it was discussed. I, I think, you know, just me putting my two cents in, I think the, the Angels probably were like, hey, what would it take for us to get Judge? And the Yankees were like, uh, no, nothing. That's kind of what I think, and that's, oh, it was briefly discussed, but that's about the extent of the discussion. 
I think the Yankees are sold on Judge. I think they're going to try to keep him and try to lock him up full time. And I think that's a huge mistake because he ain't worth it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't. I'm not sure he's worth it either. And I think that he's just going to stay in New York. That's that's my gut. He had that rookie season where he was phenomenal, but since then he's been mediocre at best. Uh, you know, he's been okay. Um, I'd give him a little bit better than mediocre. The biggest problem that he has is staying healthy. And uh, he hasn't had that injury yet. Um, and like, I, I'll say this forever. I don't ever wish injury on anybody, no matter what team they play for. But it, you know it's coming. He's just such a big guy. He's playing in the outfield. The way that he plays... You know, he dives for the balls and stuff like that. He's going to end up hurting something. And also with the way that he's swinging, you know, he's swinging for the fences. He's trying to trying to do the same thing that Stanton's doing. And Stanton's, I don't, I, I don't even want to get into that. I mean, that guy's got such a powerful, quick swing already. Well, and, he is doing the same thing that Stanton is doing. He's uh, not playing a full season. He's striking right. out a lot. You know, he's he's basically Stanton 2.0 right now. <laughs> is he Stanton 2.0 or is Stanton Judge 2.0? Uh, that's, that's another debate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. I, I I don't know. You know, could Judge end up on another team? Who knows? I don't care either way. Um, he's a strikeout or a home run. Basically, I love whenever uh, Carabas trolls the Yankees and oh he'll, he'll put up something like, like it's great. Six, six, seven Aaron judge catches the ball. And then like, you go to watch it and it's like, no, he didn't wait. It's, oh, it, I get it's, it. It's a, it's a home it. run that he didn't catch. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think they're so funny and, and I fall for it almost every time I, I fall for it as well. And uh, I find it hilarious. Every time that it happens, uh, especially because it's the Yankees, um, it, you know, that team's just got to get their stuff together. I mean, the only thing they got going for them right now is Cole, and they can barely win when he's pitching. Um, there's talks about uh, Higashioka taking over as their, uh, as their starting catcher. I mean, I don't pay too much attention to the Yankees. The only thing I do do is uh, a doo-doo. Um, I'll catch a highlight here and there. Uh, my favorite highlight in the past week has been Clint Frazier when he dove for the ball. He caught it, and then he hit a guy in the face. I mean, it was a great throw, but he literally threw it. It was right on point and hit the guy right off the jaw. I think his name was Riley. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. All right, guys, it's time to talk Red Sox. Um, a little disappointing this week, uh, this weekend, the series, um, a four game series with the Seattle Mariners. The first game they ended up losing, which they shouldn't have. Uh, I still, uh, I'm still like, what happened when they gave up three hits and they gave up seven runs. So something's going on here where the team, this team needs to start getting it together. Uh, their pitchers need to go start going more than five innings because they're going to start burning out the bullpen way too early in the season. Um, the other thing that they've had against them is the fact that they play 13 games in 12 days. Um, no, no excuses. There should be no excuses. You guys are all athletes and you know, should be able to do so. But 
you guys are playing like you've played 13 games in 12 days. Uh, Ryan, the other day, you've actually met somebody. Uh, did you want to touch up on that? Yeah, it was. And you were watching uh, Alex Verdugo during the game. And that, that last double he had in, in last night's game, he labored to second base. I mean, he got around first base and, and barely, barely turned it into a walk because the throw wasn't coming in. He knew he had it. And then he, I think it was, I forget who, Devers maybe had another double later on in that inning and he scored. And, uh, he was actually one of the nice guys outside the stadium after the game that came over and signed, um, talked to people, signed everybody who wanted an autograph. He stayed there till he was done. And my son and I were there and we were just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze him a little bit. And I said, uh, hamstring. He's like, ah, oh, no, no, just a cramp. I'm fine. I'm thinking to myself, there's no <laughs> way that is just a cramp. Yeah. But um, they took him out. Of, they left him out of the lineup today. And then uh, they've got an off day tomorrow, um, which today's Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. And they don't play until they're in New York on Tuesdays. But one of the things I did realize, and I kind of felt bad after because I was giving them kind of guys a hard time, is I guess the rule is in order to sign autographs after game or, or any time, you, you have to have both of your shots. You have to be vaccinated. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, Alex knows the situation, and that's actually part of the rules with, the, with MLB. I almost said the MLB like an idiot. Uh, but you know, it seems like Verdugo really doesn't give a damn about that type of stuff. I, you're not the first person I've seen him interact with um, when it came to fans, and it's nice to see, and it's good to see with him. Um, uh, you know, I love the uh, I love all the other players, but I really wanted to see how he would react to the fans and seeing the videos. Uh, with him interacting with fans, talking about how he uh, how he hits his stance and whatnot, and then you knowing somebody who actually got to meet him, it's just awesome to see like how he's actually reacting. Yeah, he, Marvin Gonzalez signed a bunch. Um, actually, Hein Bloom came out and he signed a bu- bunch as well. Really? Yeah. Now that's that's pretty cool. It was, it, was, you know, it was Bloom who told us that he said, "Yeah, the ones that." That'll look at you and wave, but they won't come sign. He said they they have to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated first before they can, and they're not. That's what he said. Oh, so the players have to be fully vaccinated. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you had to be fully vaccinated. No, no, no. The players have to be. Okay. Well, that that makes sense. So if anybody's out there listening right now, just know that if you are at the ball game at any point in time uh, and the players do not come over and they just wave to you or give you a nod, they're not just – you know, dissing you or just walking away, not, not paying attention. They're actually, there's a reason why they're not signing you, signing your baseballs or anything. It's because they need to be fully vaccinated. So that's actually interesting. I thought that uh, the Red Sox just ended up getting their first vaccine or their first shot on Patriots day. Yeah. uh, That's what he said. I, I don't know. Well, that's pretty cool. Either way, uh, that's something to look forward to when I go up to Fenway. Some, but the first game on Thursday uh, seemed to be pretty much in the bag. Yeah, yeah. a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Red Sox ended up scoring three runs. Um, they had 
had three runs and in seven innings. Um, and uh, Pavetta actually had a hell of a game that day. He had a no hitter going into the sixth inning, and I this was the Franchi uh, debacle. So, uh, what do you guys think the the whole situation with Franchi is that he wasn't where he should have been um, to everybody else? If we're not Alex Cora or we're not anybody on the Red Sox, he was not in the right uh, place. Alex or Cora said that he was exactly where they were, where they wanted him. Now, do you believe that? Or is that Cora going, going to the media and taking one for uh, Franchi? I think that's absolutely Cora going to bat for his guy. Because if you notice later in the game, uh, when that same exact play was about to happen, Franchi was back a little further and he was able to make the play without the ball going over his head. I think that's a hundred percent Alex Cora just trying to, to take one, take one off, off the, his chest instead of uh, pointing those bullets at Cordero. Yeah, I agree. It was, um, yeah. And Brandon's right. He, that, that play after he was, he was back further. And um, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's what, a, that's what a play his coach does. You know, he's going to diffuse it off his players and he'll, He'll either take the blame or he'll, you know. Now, how do you think Bobby Valentine would have t- uh, would have done with that? Hey, he would have been riding his bike around somewhere. Who knows about that guy? <laughs> <laughs> did you guys just uh, did you? Uh, was it an interview that he did, or yeah. he wrote something or something saying about how he should not have taken that job? Uh, I wish he would have. My right. my twenty twelve would have been much better if he didn't take that job. Oh man, it was so horrible. It's it started the, with the hundred hundred year anniversary, um, the Fenway anniversary, that game, and the fact that it was the Red so- Red Sox versus Yankees, and yeah, that was just awful. There's something in that in that interview too. He said she said something along the lines of they didn't even give me a chance or, or something like that. I mean, dude, you pretty much blew it as soon as you started exactly. riding Euclid. You don't ride one of the best, uh, one of the fan favorites. You know, I don't know that. I don't even want to talk about 2012, but I saw that. I wanted to bring it up and talk about it. But back to the game. Uh, so I agree with both of you. I think that that is definitely Cora taking one for the team, taking one off of his uh, his guy. Pavetta, Pavetta actually pitched extremely well. He had a no-no going on uh, into the sixth, I believe it was. Yeah, he, he gave up two runs in the sixth inning. Um, he, he pitched well. I mean, he didn't. He, he pitched the contact. He had uh, eighty-six to fifty-five strikes. Uh, he had fifty-five of them uh, strikes, and just looked like what we needed. Uh, what eventually to- what eventually got him, Brad, though, was the walks. He yeah. ended up walking a couple base runners in that sixth inning. He had three walks total on the game. Uh, yeah. But then the Red Sox total ended up with seven walks. Yeah, you had Adovino. He came he in. Had he two. gave up two walks. Um, you had Darwin's in who gave up two walks. He gave up three runs. Um, he gave up three runs. He gave up four runs, but three of them weren't earned. Yeah, it's, you know, when you're throwing 30 pitches and only 15 of them are strikes, um, you know, that's there's not a problem. Good. Yeah, that's, that's not. not. Yeah. Uh, you throw, like, Adam out of, you know, he threw 15 pitches, six of them were strikes. 
Um, Matt Barnes, he threw 12 pitches, 10 of them were strikes, you know, things like that. You, you got to, the problem with this team, and it seems to be a trend lately, is the whole walking. And they're just walking batters and giving up free runs. Uh, it, it's, and it starts with, you know, you got Garrett Richards, you've got Martin Perez, and then you start getting the back of the bullpen too. You know, Darwin's in, um, Josh Taylor, uh, Adam, Adam out of, you know, um, I mean, one day he's pitching really good. And next day he's throwing like crap and mm-hmm. it's, we got to figure this thing out. I just, I, I think in that game, it, it, it almost, and there's nothing you can do. Cause there's no, I don't believe there's going to be a coach at least late in the game or the six that's ever going to take a picture of that has no hit of going. But I thought Pavetta started to tire. Yeah, he, he definitely did. I mean, he's not the type of pitcher that's going to go, you know, seven innings. Uh, six innings is, is pretty long for him. He comes out into the seventh inning, and uh, did he come out in the seventh? No, he didn't come out in the seventh. But, yeah, yeah. He, he pitched six full innings, and, you know, you're not going to bring him back in after he gives up those two runs. So, uh, it, like you said, you don't. You don't take a guy out who's got a no-no going on. Yeah, but, you know, before that, you you hit the nail on the head. Pavetta was brilliant. And, you know, we talked about Haim earlier, uh, but this is this might be the feather-in-the-cap trade for Haim Bloom, bringing in somebody like Pavetta, and then, you know, also bringing in Verdugo and all these guys. Don't forget, forget, in that Pavetta deal, he's also got Siebel down in AAA right now. Yep. And he's supposed to be—he's supposed to be a better pitcher than Pavetta. Yeah, I agree. I'm—I'm I'm big. I'm a big Heim guy. I—I I, I like what Bloom's done, and he, he's only been here for a short time, and we're already seeing coffee. immediate returns on on these uh, trades that he's made. The biggest—the biggest problem that people have with Bloom is what happened last year, and it, nobody's ever going to be happy with the Mookie Betts trade. Uh, what people don't understand, though, is that Mookie was going to be traded regardless if Bloom was the uh, the the guy or if it was somebody else. Yep. And the return is one of the biggest problems that people have, and you know, I I would have I would have liked a, a pitcher coming back, but I'm okay with what we got. You know, um, we weren't going to be anything last year, anyways. And for us to be in the cellar like we were last year, what better year to do that than in a 60-game season? Yeah, no, and I agree. And if if that means we get Rocker at four, hey. I am so pumped. Like, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, we can actually get Kumar Rocker? Like, seriously, are you joking me? There's a flipping chance? If you would have told me that he was going to slip to four last year, I'd be like, there's no way. The Red Sox need to lose every game so that we can be number one and get him because that's the only way you're getting Rocker. And I remember like whenever it was announced that they came in with the fourth overall pick, people were pissed. People were mad because they thought, oh, well, now they just they they aren't going to get any of the top guys. They're going to get some scrub that no one's ever even heard of. But now MLB analyst and all the big talking heads out there are saying that he could slip to fourth. Yeah, I, I'm I'm reading on Mass Live right now. Granted, um, they're very Red Sox eccentric, and you know everything's Red Sox for them. 
But they're saying that uh, Kumar Rocker f- could fall down to the number four. And if that happens, I'm if we can get, if the Red Sox can get Kumar Rocker, put him in like some single A, double, have him jump up from single A to double A to triple A, like as fast as possible, had him come up, had him with Hauk. I couldn't imagine what what the team would look like with a rotation with Kumar Rocker, Chris Sale, um, Tanner Houck, uh, Pavetta, uh, Connor Siebold. You know, th- with a rotation like that, come on. If if the Red Sox are making a playoff push, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. And uh, they get Rocker at four. I can 100% see Rocker making his debut as soon as this year. I I I, I would not mind that. <laughs> I don't think he would come in as a starter. I think no, they he would, would come in, in as, as a, a bullpen guy. Yeah, right. But exactly. I I could see him coming in as like one of those uh seventh inning setup guys. Right. And um, I would love it. Yeah, I'm 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 getting goosebumps actually thinking about the fact that we can end up getting him in the fourth <laughs> as number four. It's Has wild. Ever happened before? A, a pitcher coming in that soon? I am not sure. I I I, I bet you something like that's happened. Oh, I, I just can't I tell you. Yeah. I would be able to tell you. We'll have to figure that out and get that for the next episode. Yeah. But um, do you want to move on to the Friday game? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> the one of the games we actually won this weekend. Uh, we we won two games this we weekend. Won two. So we won two. We won two. Fighter uh, coming into the ninth uh, in the ninth inning. Uh, we'll end up talking about that, but uh, we had K- uh, Kikochi. Is that how you say his name? Kikochi. Sure. Uh, the uh, the Japanese pitcher for the uh, Seattle Mariners. Uh, I think they ended up leaving him in a little too long. Yeah, he, he, went, he went what four and two thirds. Yeah, something he like was that. he was he was a four and two third guy. Um, this game, neither starter actually went long. Martin Perez went three and two thirds. Um, and it was just, it was just bad for them. Like right off the rat, right off the rip, uh, it, the Mariners ended up scoring first, like typical Red Sox, you know, they got to come back from behind. Um, and then the Red Sox came back. This was the game that bogey hit that two run bomb in the first inning. Yep. Over the green monster. Yeah. Uh, so, but, um, they give up two runs right away. Uh, no runs in the second. They give up another run in the third. Uh, that inning, the Red Sox end up pulling out. Nope, they pulled out uh, Martin Perez in the fourth inning. 
The Sox get two more. They add another uh, run in the seventh. And so they're up six to uh, six to two going into the top of the ninth. And then Barnsley comes in and he gives up a three run bomb. He looks like Barnes from the, from the past. Yeah. That was the one mistake he made. I thought that was just, I, I don't think that if you, if you look at where the catcher was set up to where the pitch was, he did not hit his spot. Not. Nah, and it seemed to me that he was relying way too much on his curveball that night. And I think I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like he was doing good with his fastball um, the past few times he's been out. Yeah, he if he, if he spots his fastball, I mean he's that, that's his, that's his pitch. But you're, you're right, he kind of he kind of married the curveball there. Yeah, and that's that curveball was something that got him in trouble last year, and people were like, "No, he's not our closer," and that's the reason why people, you know, you're burying that curveball into the dirt. Nobody's going to hit it or swing at it or, or even take a look at it. So, I mean, why are we constantly, you know, obviously have to have another pitch, but I think he was relying too much on his curveball that game. I'm one of the guys that have have routinely bashed Matt Barnes. I was not a a big fan of him at all being the closer coming into the season, but you know, I know we're talking about him giving up a three, three run bomb right here in this game, but this is the outlier this season with it. Other than this game, he's been pretty much nails in the right. He 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 came he came down to earth this game, and for for what it's worth, he's won me over. I I think that he he definitely deserves that closer role now. Uh, if you would have asked me this back in spring training, I would have said absolutely not. I would rather have Otto Vino as the closer. But yeah, and so far, Otto Adam Otto Vino is the guy that most people are like, nope. Yeah, no, he's yeah, not people, the closer. People are calling him the Yankee spy and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's that's a little extreme in my opinion. <laughs> I want I want to rewind and talk a little bit about Martin Perez a little bit too. Yeah, we um, definitely have to talk about that. Um, he he went three and two thirds. Right. He gave up four hits, two earned runs. He had four walks. Mm-hmm. So this this is a stat line that is not impressive at all. Uh, if Garrett. Richards would have posted the same exact stat line. People would be, you know, getting the gallows ready, trying to crucify the man. So my question is, is why is it that Perez gets these passes every single time that he goes out, but Richards gets thrown under the bus? So Ryan, I'm going to let you go ahead and actually answer that question. And then I'm going to give my take on it. So I, I don't know if it's, that it, it, uh, Garrett uh, Richards that came on strong at the beginning, like seemed to always have an excuse if, if, if that's why. And and Perez is kind of a, a, a fan favorite, have you will, or you know has a good uh, rapport with the uh, reporters. I'm not sure if that has to do with it, but uh, that, that's if I had to come up with a reason, I, I, I think that has to do it somehow. I can uh, understand I, that. Uh. I believe that that actually has a little bit to do with it. Um, the the fact that Martin Perez actually has won the fans over, especially with the fact that this is now his second year. Um, the other thing I'd like to point out is Richards is being paid $10 million, whereas Martin Perez is only getting four and change. So Martin's like already expected to be not all that great. Um, most people already know what to expect from uh, Martin Perez. Whereas, you know, Richards hasn't had a full healthy season since 2015, I believe. And the other thing is, Richards just looks awful from the word go. 
And it's like when you throw your first pitch of the game and it's right over somebody's head and four pitches in, you've already walked two batters. You're going to get a lot of crap from, from the fans. Um, me, I'm not a Richards guy. I'm not a hundred percent in on Richards. I want him to prove me wrong. I know that I've stuck up for Richards and have said, you know, he pitched decent games in those two, three and, and, and game two and three. Um, and you know, there's other things that worry me about him. He walks way too much. His release point is lost and, you know, coming on, coming on and making those excuses, bro. Like you gotta be accountable. And that's one thing that's different between him and Martin Perez is that, yeah, Perez can stink it up in a game, but he'll come out and he'll be like, yeah, I sucks. And, and then you got Richards who comes out and he's just like, yeah, this is the first time I've ever had to pack a jacket. Like, bro. That, that's the thing with him, though. If, if if he flips a gem, goes seven strong, gives up two hits, one run, and they win the game, and he cracks that joke about a jacket, that's funny. But don't right. crack that joke when you absolutely suck. Right. I, I, I'm... I'm giving Richards uh, two more starts before I actually until I start bashing him because uh, I, I don't I don't want to bash anybody. I try to stay as optimistic as possible when it comes to this team. Uh, I believe that you know just like a lot of people have said, this is a sneaky good team. Uh, do I think that they're going to be able to continue being in first place in the American League East throughout the entire season? No, especially when you got pitchers that can't go more than five innings. That's my biggest problem. Uh, it, it, if if Richards can start going five plus, he'll probably get less crap. And the the, the other thing is, is that Boston fans want you to be accountable for what you do. Because if Chris Sale goes out there and he gives you three and two thirds innings and he sucks, he just absolutely sucks. He'd be like, yeah, I sucked. Yeah, I, I got to figure this out. Um, I just suck tonight. Um, and he's not going to be like, oh, this is the first time I've ever had to pack a pack a jacket. It's my first time I've ever had to pack a lunch. You know, excuses work when you play in San Diego. They work when you play in Los Angeles with the Angels. They're not going to work in Boston. Yeah, I can see that. I get that point. Um, I I I just think a big part of it, like Ryan alluded to, is maybe he needs to just uh be more of a fan favorite on Twitter. Maybe he needs to go around and start liking some tweets and then people will get off his case. Not going to lie. I do like the fact that Martin Perez is very active on social media, but I, that's, that's not going to keep me from being like, dude, you suck today. Yeah. You know? I, I think the Perez day thing was something that was started just kind of a joke because oh, last year he was like the best pitcher that we had and that's saying something because he's not that great. Right, but, he had a he, he he had just above a 4 point whatever ERA last year and that was our best pitcher. So I I, I just think that that started out as a joke but then like now people hear Perez Day and they kind of it's like oh it's Perez Day it's going to be a good one. Uh, not really. Nah, uh, like I like I said, if you can get six innings out of Richards and uh, Perez on a, a on a constant basis, I'm good with five. If they can go five, I'm good with it. 
we need them to start going a little longer than five though, because we're gonna burn up our, our number four and number five. Um, I honestly I don't even know who our number four and number five are, but if we're gonna have Richards and Perez going back to back, we need to we need them to start going a little longer than five innings. That might be something that uh, Cora needs to address is maybe spread them out a little bit. I I mean we know that the the rotation what number you are in the rotation doesn't really matter, Not but now. maybe maybe they should slide Erod in between those two so that you get a quality start in between those guys, give the bullpen the rest. Because what, uh, Erod went, what, seven today? Yeah, he went seven. So, I mean, that gives the bullpen a good day to where only two guys have to come in, you know, and then they can plug and play around, around yeah, those he, kind of starts. He went seven today. His last start, I believe he went six. Um, he's hovering right around 100 pitches for both those games. And, and you know, I'm Erod's 4-0 now. He's got four starts. He's got a four. They said they said a, a stat during the broadcast day, and I forgot exactly what like it was. Like ninety five percent of his games, they've won like ninety something percent of his games in the past like three years or whatever. No, he's he's got some kind of certain stretch where he's gone at least five innings in games. I think it's like up to thirty eight games in a row or something like that. But that's that's consistency. That's what you want out of your starters, and Erod is as the epitome of that. Well, the, one good thing about him going – well, several good things about him going seven innings uh, today is is to save the bullpen today. Then you get the off day tomorrow, so they have a whole right. day then too. Right, right. Uh, so let's finish off talking about the other games that happened because I know, Ryan, you got to get going soon. Um, so the Red Sox ended up winning uh, Friday night. Um, that game was 6-5. Barnes gave up the three-run bomb in the ninth inning, which made made me literally go, here we go. Like this is what's this is what's gonna do it. We're gonna end up losing. Barnes ended up getting out of that out of that um, with the three run bomb. And the one cool thing about that, even though he gave up the bomb, you can tell like he was pretty pissed off about that. Uh, any other time he would have given up a bomb, he would just be like, "Okay, give me the ball. All right, whatever." You know, he actually gave a damn uh, about that bomb. Yeah, good to see. Good to see that he's actually uh, invested into the season and all that. Saturday, not a good day. No, Saturday was a garbage day. Um, so this day, this was a Nathan Evaldi uh, starting day, and Evaldi ended up his last outing was amazing. That that's you know short. To, you know, is something you could say, I guess, because he pitched extremely well on. Um, on Patriots Day, but um, yesterday, holy crap! I I honestly didn't get to watch the game until a couple hours after the game ended, and uh, gave up four runs in the first two innings, and that's not like Uvalde this year. No, it's sure not. And you know, like he he didn't have the the control. He didn't have the the strikeout pitch. He only ended up with I think three punches this game, which that's that's something that he's kind of relied on this season is getting, you know, seven, eight strikeouts in a game. And he, he was getting a lot of contact on his stuff. Uh, I believe he ended up giving up a total of seven hits in the game. So not a very good outing for Nate. I mean, the best part of that game is that they only gave up three walks. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's easy not to walk guys whenever they're all getting on base because they're hitting everything you throw. <laughs> and of course, Josh Taylor gives up that home run. And well, what do you know? Josh Taylor is sporting a nine seventy two ERA right now. Before before the game, it was over ten. Somehow it yeah. came down a little bit. So I think he had like one one good inning, if I recall. He went one he and two thirds. Two. He yeah. gave up two hits, one run. Uh, obviously, an earned run. He get he struck out three. So that was the game that you went to. So Ryan is no longer allowed to go to any more Red Sox games until we decide. <laughs> it was so weird because, well, first of all, obviously Fenway's not at full capacity. So you had that factor, which obviously from a fan standpoint, having between the four of us, having the entire road to ourselves because you have to be distance. I, I kind of like that. It was kind of cool. But as far as the game went, there was nothing in that game to get like the the crowd into it at all. There was nothing. The only thing that happened during that game to get the crowd into it is in between the sixth and seventh inning, there was a wedding proposal, like the next section over, and the crowd went nuts. That was it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, kind of sad when that's the only thing that people pop for. Right. I I honestly want to go and see somebody propose as the woman say no. <laughs> I'm just that person. It's like it's that horrible of a game. I want to see you say no. Uh, yeah, Saturday's game was pretty awful. Um, let's talk about today's game. Today's game was Erod, um, and who was the Seattle Mariners pitcher? Uh, they didn't go super long today either. Nick Margivicus or Garvicus? I I don't know. They they were talking about how they, pract- yeah. they they were they were talking about how they practiced the pronunciation all day, but he only went a third of an inning, so they didn't really even get to say his name. Yeah, uh, well, th- they took him out, and then Sticking Writer came out. Uh, they were talking, uh, so I was listening to EEI, and uh, they were talking about how like the, his name was going from like his butt, but well, from one butt cheek to the other butt cheek, and uh, that's that means you got a long name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the guy that actually started the game, he only went a third of an inning. He got one out and he had, uh, four earned runs, but his problem, like the Red Sox that we've been talking about was he walked four guys. Yeah. He walked four guys and hit a guy. Yeah. And he gave up two hits. Yeah. He hit, he hit Christian Arroyo in the hand. Yeah. I heard him on the radio. I don't know if he said the F bomb or drop, drop the hit bomb. Um, but I heard him. You can definitely hear he hurt something. Good news is, is that they did an MRI. Um, they said that he'll be all right. Um, so that's good to know. 
But the Red Sox ended up winning the game five to three. Uh, we had Eddie, Eddie Aces going on. He pitched seven innings, three earned runs. He walked nobody. First That's starter sweet. in this entire series that did not walk a single person. Is that the first starter all season to not walk anybody? I don't believe so because I don't believe his last – I don't believe he, he walked anybody the last oh, series. Oh, nice. Okay, good deal. I, I'm not 100% on that, so I'm not going to put that in uh, as definite. But it, it's nice to see, especially in this series, when we should have we should have won the first game um, on, thir- on Thursday, and the only reason why we lost it was because of walks. Right. But uh, it looks like – I don't know why um, people are talking about Dahlbeck uh, saying that he's, 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 hor- his vision at the plate is horrible. Um, he's swinging a garbage. And I heard somebody on EEI today talking to Peralt and uh, Bradford saying that they need to get rid of him. His defense sucks. He, his, his, uh, his ability at the plate isn't there. He hasn't had a home run yet. I don't know why people are so down on a number nine guy who's hitting 241 when his name's not Jackie Bradley Jr. Too too soon to even think about getting rid of him. I mean, yeah, I agree. That's nine. I, um, I I think his defense has been okay. You know, you you got to consider this dude was a third baseman coming up, and he got thrown into the first base position pretty much for this season, and he's he's been doing pretty well over there. Uh, the hits will come. The home runs will come. I'm not too concerned about that. What I am concerned about is that he does strike out a lot, kind of like we, we were talking about with Judge and stuff like that. We, These are guys that try to hit home runs, and that's what you're going to see. We 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 all knew that that was going to be the case when it came to Bobby D. Yeah, and it's all it's pretty much the same way when when it comes to Renfro too. You know, strikeouts and. What do we have? We had two strikeouts for Renfro today, and he had a walk and an RBI. I mean, Renfro's hitting 176. There's a guy that we need to uh, we need to get hitting. Something's got to happen with him. Um, hopefully, you know, we get that bat rolling a little bit so- sooner rather than later. You know, Franchi Cordero. I want to see him hitting a little bit more. I'm not saying that he sucks or anything like that. I just, you know, I think that we need to get these bats going. I think with Bobby D though, it's just last year we saw him in 23 games and he had eight bombs Yeah, this year in 17 games. He's not hit any. And I think that's where people are starting to get their gripes coming in, especially when he comes up with bases juiced and he grounds out to second or strikes out or whatever. People are getting a little bit irritated. Yeah. It's frustrating to see, but it'll come. It's irritating to see, and it's it's almost as irritating as seeing Garrett Richards go out there when we know that Tanner Houck is down in, in AAA, and he's just chomping at the bits to come up. And, you know, like me, I know that Houck's going to be a big part of our rotation in the future. I don't want Houck being brought up too soon. You know, I know that yeah. he can throw, he can strike out and whatnot, but I just... I don't want him being too soon. He's we're going to get one year of Richards. If that, I mean, if he continues pitching the way that he's been pitching, I don't see him staying in the rotation. Um, you know, how, on the other hand, I don't know if 
I, I want him coming up too soon. I'm I don't so curious about Hulk. Of course, you, you, the the wild card though, which is what you're going to get from Chris Sale when he comes back. When when he comes back, but I'm I just feel like you get into the All Star break towards the end of it. This team is still near the top and has a chance. And you're not you're not getting anything out of your four or five. Jeez, I don't know. I almost think you're supposed to bring him up. I I I definitely agree, and that's where like the whole like whatever happens with Richards, um, you know. He's getting $10 million. If he goes another two, like I said, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him two more games. If Richards keeps pitching the way that he's pitching for two more games and that last series, I'm going to shred him. And that's not something I want to do. I'm not, I'm not interested in sitting here crapping on this team. I don't want to be a, a boomer. I don't want to be one of those people, you know, like most of these other podcasts out there that are absolutely destroying players that are on the teams that they root for. But Richards is not proving anything. Yeah. You hear that Garrett? You hear that warning? Yeah. You better, you better <laughs> fix your stuff. <laughs> Brad's to, coming that, after you. That's to you, Garrett Richards, <laughs> not you, Garrett Whitlock. Oh, he's been does is Richards next not Tuesday night? No, that's Pavetta. So Richards is Wednesday against Degrom. I think Tuesday is Degrom. I thought it was Wednesday because he just threw Friday. So unless he's going to go on short rest, that wouldn't make any sense. Nope, Richards. Nope, it's going to be Richards on Tuesday. You're right. It's Richards versus Peterson. Both of them have high ERAs. Um, I don't know how many. I want to see. Give me a second here. I'm looking it up. How many innings he has pitched. So um, Peterson has 18 strikeouts. Richards has 12. Um, Let me check something out. Give me a quick second here. David. All right. So Peterson's pitched 13. And one third innings where uh, Garrett Richards has pitched. How many innings has he pitched this year? 16 and two thirds. So it, it looks like Garrett Richards has got him beat by like three innings, three and a third innings. Um, this should be a great game. High score. Uh, uh, Garrett Richards has a negative four war, where this guy has a negative five war. So, so negative which, point five. If you're a gambling man, take the over yeah. on anything that's out there. 15-14 game. I see it coming. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, Ryan, I know you got to get going. Uh, I actually got to get going myself, uh, Brandon. Um, I just want to get some opinions. How do we see the next series going? I'm telling you right now, and uh, I've been saying this. I can't remember if it was Brandon and I going back and forth on the on the group chat, or if it was Eric or who it was. But I just have this funny feeling the the Red Sox going to beat Degrom. You know, it it is funny. They've had a, a history this season of roughing up aces. Right. Uh, look back to to Giolito. Did anybody expect them to knock him around the, that Throwing way? Throwing forty something pitches in the first inning, and, and then the next outing against Ryu. Yeah. Knocking him around, so I can see it. I if if this is the game where where uh, Degrom's going to go out there and have a stinker, why not us? Right. So exactly. let it happen. I'm for it. So I'm I'm kind of with you guys. I think what's going to end up happening is, is that Peterson is going to throw a gem against the Red Sox. 
because for some reason we just absolutely suck against pitchers that suck. That's true. That's also uh, and, true. <laughs> like and, yesterday, that fucking guy, whatever his name was for Seattle, never heard of him. Then you got he's a lefty too. So there's another there's another thing that the Red Sox haven't been hitting all that well against. So I don't know how soft he throws or how hard he throws. So we'll figure that out. Uh, I'm with you guys. I think that Jacob DeGrom is going to end up giving up like maybe two runs. Gives up two runs. And there's a possibility the Red Sox win. But we also got to remember there's offense too. Right. So we've got we got the what the two best short stops in, in the East Coast, maybe. I, we got Trey Turner as well for the Nationals, but I'm saying uh, two of the best shortstops who are going to be facing off against each other on Tuesday, Wednesday. That's uh, Lindor and Bogey. Um, I'm with you guys. I I think we're going to split, which also um, something to say, the Red Sox still have not lost a series since the Baltimore Orioles game, uh, first three games. So that is something to be proud of. I got one more thing. Now that yep. we're did you guys see the Braves today got one hit in a doubleheader, but yeah. they're not rewarding Bumgarner with a no-hitter because it was seven inning games? Actually, yes, I did see that, and I actually posted, retweeted something. Um, I don't know if uh, – from Ben Verlander. Uh, he made a post that says, my thoughts, if MLB is going to count seven inning complete games as official complete games, then such. Yeah. Pick one, can't be both. Either exactly. they both count as official or they both don't. I agree. I normally don't like that, dude, but I agree with that take. Yeah. Uh, I, I, 100%, I am 100% behind that one. Uh, so, guys, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, I will talk to you guys uh, um, on a regular basis in the chat. We'll <laughs> figure out who comes on next um, on Wednesday night. And uh, let's go Red Sox. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.